Story number one. Pretty Little Death Worlders. Backbound, part one. Written by Gifted Earth. Mickey Yamada stared up at the alien sky of a planet union and wondered how the hell she'd gotten herself into the situation. It was night and the air was chilly. Union's twin moons were both in the sky above Yamada. One was full, the other was a waning crescent. Together they blocked out many of the stars, though some of the brighter ones shone through the glare of the moons to ignite their own patches of visible space. In the distance, Yamada could just about make out the great waves of the stellar sea. Building near a sea on a planet with tides like this would be an act of mass suicide. She took another swig of the coffee and sighed. She was 38 years old, standing on an alien planet, weighed down with the knowledge that her people were a threat from something incomprehensible. Her only conclusion was that the Death Star probably couldn't actually crack a planet. That just wasn't practical. Ambassador Yamada? A small white drone had hovered in Yamada while she was thinking. It was one of the Polaris's nodes. The AI didn't need them, but it had quickly worked out the organics like to be able to look at who they were talking to. The drone had a wreath of little purple flowers on its top. Every AI had its quirks, and Polaris's main one was a love of flowers, which absolutely delighted the doozy. Oh, hi Polaris, is something wrong? I was about to ask you that question, Polaris's drone hovered. It tilted a bit in the air, mimicking the human tilting their head in confusion and curiosity. The situation is unprecedented and extremely stressful, and part of my job is to watch other well-being of the ambassador's staff. I'm worried about you. Yamada smiled despite the situation. Honestly, I'm terrified. She took a deep swig. Damn, dear aunt. We're always... Humans always knew that there was a chance of extraterrestrials would be hostile. We'd had too many bad first contact situations on our own to think otherwise. But whoever those attackers are, they're incredibly dangerous. We still don't know their motives, let alone their full capabilities. Polaris hummed sympathetically. Are you okay, Polaris? Yamada asked. I don't know if an AI can get stressed or anything. But if you can, you can probably aren't feeling too good. I... am. Polaris halted while they tried to phrase the current state. My purpose is to preserve and protect the heart of the Stellar League. From the moment I was created, I assumed that the peaceful nature of intelligent organic life would make this much easier. Now I am faced with a very different scenario. I am stressed, yes. At least, that is the best comparison to biological emotions. Yamada finished the coffee. Polaris didn't have much emotion in its voice, but its halting nature of its synthesized words told her everything that she needed to know. Well, we're just going to have to figure things out together, Yamada said. I won't say don't worry, because that's hypocritical, but don't panic, maybe? Yes, panic would be... Oh dear. Ambassador Yamada, I have just received an emergency communication from the AI in the Giant's Eye Research Hub. Giant's Eye? That's where the original human science team was based. What's going on? It's under attack. The base AI at Giant Eye Research Hub was generally known by some translation or pun of the word eye. 
For instance, the human called it I Spy, and there was no one near as advanced as Polaris, but it did its job well and with pride. It had a horrible feeling that it was about to have a very bad day. Three strange ships had just jumped out of the dark space at the edge of the giant's eye system, and they were moving fast. One caught a sea to be precise. That was definitely breaking the galactic speed limit. I spy hailed the ships in standard codes. This is the giant's eye research lab. Overseer AI for activities in the system. Please identify. Static on the other end. High Spy considered its options. It pinged all of the other smaller AIs in the system. They were mostly mining drones and probes, i.e. not very useful in a fight, but it'd still be polite to give them the heads up. At the same time, it opened up communications with the manned security stations inside the hub. Thankfully, security had been tightened after the incident with Strakett's scientist. Three vessels have entered the system, they're moving at 0.25c and heading straight towards us. Advise defensive measures. Ofra security officer Lang Lang Didi trumpeted her in a low tone, which was basically his species version of groaning. He looked over at the readouts the I spy was giving him. His trunk curled anxiously in on itself. I don't recognize those ships. I I identify them. They don't match any known ships. I suspect that they are linked with the ones involved with the assassinations. By the way, they're slowing down. So they're not planning to ram us, the strategic security officer said. That's good to know. Lang Lang Diddy hit the intercom button. This is Chief Security Officer Lang Lang Diddy. We are entering lockdown. All staff and visitors, please proceed to your nearest secure cabin. I repeat... We are entering a state of lockdown. He released the button. Hi, hi, you're in charge of running the main defenses. Keep them out if you can. Understood. I spy put the base's shielding and slammed all of the security shutters shut. It checked the power consumption. Okay, those few non-critical experiments could be shut down. That was more power for the shields. That experiment was a bit sensitive. Leave it on the monitors. Life support was a must, though the worst-case scenario, it could shut down outside of the secure cabins. Lights could be dimmed, cooking could be stopped. Oh good, everyone was moving to safety. Even the humans were listening. It turned its attention back to the ships. They had slowed down considerably, probably because they were very, very close and didn't want to fly straight into the gas giant that the station was orbiting. I spy decided to try heading them again. This is the Giant's Eye Research Hub. Please identify yourselves immediately. These ships were some nasty pieces of work, it thought to itself, sleek and dark, with scythe-like black protrusions and some rather crude artwork painted onto the side, their hulls marked with the scars of battle. To the AI's surprise, one of them actually responded this time. We are the last. Lower your shields and let us in. Identification confirmed. Why should we let you in? If you let us in, we will kill your crew quickly and painlessly. If you resist, we cannot guarantee a swift end. One moment, please. I spy transmitted the conversation to the security officers. Ha! Huh. Lang Lang Diddy said. So they're going to kill us no matter what? Apparently. Lang Lang Diddy paused for a while before making his answer. 
If they were offering a peaceful surrender in exchange for letting us live, I'd take it. But if we're going to die anyway, I'd rather fight back. Understood. High Spy sent an emergency dark space message out in the direction of Union and returned to the ships. Sorry, but we would rather fight for our lives than give up. You have courage, but lack sense. The voice on the other side sounded very frustrated. So be it. The central ship's engines flared and it sped towards the hub. As it did so, the front of its hull opened up a little, and a long needle-like protrusion was revealed. I Spy ran scans on the ship in alarm, trying to gauge its capabilities. Hmm, that needle was very sharp. Far too sharp. Its point was a monomolecular. Wait, no, it was a monoatomic. A single atom at the tip. What in the galaxy could your point something like that be? Sure it was sharp, but you didn't need the sharpness like that unless... Oh crap. Security, please be advised that there is an attempting breach of the shield. Copy, said Backdog Guard near the onboard cafe. How much shield power have we got? Effectively, none. Come again? You didn't need a monoatomic piercing weapon unless you were trying to pierce something that was itself an atomic scale. Like, for instance, a standard ship's shielding. A meteor or a standard explosive would struggle to breach a shield because the shield's tight atomic lattice wouldn't let anything big through. A single atom being forced into the shield, though. Yeah, that'll do it. I spy fired the hub's orbital kinetic cannons, but they didn't make much of a difference. The rounds effectively bounced off the last ship's hull. I spy made a note that the ship didn't have any shielding. Weird. A single iron atom hit the lattice on the shield, and the shield flared brightly, trying to hold, then blew apart as the needle forced massive pulse of energy through it, overloading the shield generators and leaving the hub sitting duck. The ship didn't slow for a second, moving the remaining distance inward to the hub's hull, which, to be frank, didn't stand a chance. Even though the needle's tip had broken, probably, it was still unbelievably sharp. Prepare to be breached, I spy said in a voice that probably would have sounded broken if it was any good at showing emotion. Damn it! The devs had decided to include I spy in the next round of beta testing for AI enhancements. It was going to be able to access virtual reality. It could finally have asked Polaris out on a digital date. The senior AI would probably have declined, but I spy still wanted to try. And now it was probably going to die along with everyone in the hub. The needle breached the hull with ease. No pressure alarm sounded, hardly. The needle pushed into the cafeteria, breaking its meter-thick protective walls. Then, the eye spy surprise, it melted, and it didn't melt normally, though, instead liquefying and putting backwards to the inner wall. There was a spark, and then the superheated fiery metal started to chew through the wall. Another spark, and it cooled welding the last ship to the hub and revealing the airlock. The airlock opened. Oh, crap. Meanwhile, in the central lab security room. So, how dead are we? Walker asked bluntly. Don't say that, Molfa snapped, and keep quiet. These vessels are soundproofed, Calvati sounded out. She was examining the life support readings of the cabin. The life support is going to hold for a while. 
I don't think he's talking about life support, Bestel grumbled. I think he's talking about things outside that are trying to kill us. Fortunately, thanks to the soundproofing, they couldn't really hear what was going on on the outside. The last that stepped out of the airlock was clad head to toe in a padded sealed suit, complete with helmet. It had a muzzle and long tail, and it stood somewhere between a human and a Vactar in height. In other words, it was pretty tall. In one of its hands it held a strange implement that looked to be a bit like a wieldy circular sword. A cable stretched from the hilt of the box clipped to its belt. A heavy collar was around its neck. It looked around the abandoned cafeteria, serpentine tail lashing. The thing's face was completely concealed by the Howard's visor. The doors of the cafeteria burst open, guards carrying high-energy weapons burst in, aiming straight at the last. Normal procedures would have been to demand the intruder drop their weapons and surrender. The last did not care about normal procedure. Before anyone could say anything, they pointed the weapon straight at the guards and fired what could only be described as a bolt of lightning from the tip. But it wasn't lightning. It was the same supercharged energy plasma that they used by the League, but turned up to incredible power level. The blast chewed through the protections and fried the nervous systems of the guards. They all fell dead where they stood. If I Spy had a mouth, it would have screamed. All the guards in the cafeteria, please be advised that it is weapon as long range and powerful. Do not stand directly in front of it. A soft ping cut through the copies of the still living guards. It was a ping of another AI making contact. Hello? Giant side research hub. This was Polaris. What's your situation? Bad. Really bad. I'm going to send you the footage and data through my minor AI in my system. Like a relay. You need to find and show it to the Senate. Do you have any estimation on survival? We're all going to die. That's... Giant Eye, that's... Don't send military support. I know they're already doing it. Tell them I said that there's no point. You'll just get other people killed. Our purpose is to avoid that. Did someone upload a set of strictic romance movies to your servers? Because you sound like one of the reckless warrior heroes. Maybe. How noble of you. I mean that. I'll pass on your message. But help will probably try and come anyway. Good luck. While the conversation was taking place, I spy was watching the events unfolding inside the hub. The last that had left the cafeteria had gone into the hallways between the various modules, their tail lashing back and forth and they prowled the halls. Interestingly, they were stopping briefly to read signs. If they could communicate with iSpy, they probably had translation software for the League's languages, and this confirmed that. Where were they headed? Looks like they were heading for the main security hub. Well, that made sense. Even if they were about ten high security doors between the last and the hub's central room, I spy quietly relayed this to the guards' headsets. The last came to the main secure door between themselves and the security hub. It was a foot of steel, titanium, and high-density superplastics held shut by thick internal bars and controlled directly by I spy. It was too strong to cut through, and if the last had tried to burst electronic controls, the door would default to staying shut. Guards, this is our best chance. Approach quietly. 
Lock on and fire when you think you have a good shot. If he sees you, run. A squad of guards were rounding a nearby corner, moving slowly and quietly. Meanwhile, the last was examining the door. They ran their free hand over the surface, tracing the elegant lines carved into it by the doozy. The hand came to a side of the frame, and they stepped back. Their weapon began to crackle with energy once more. With a quick slash, the last had cut a large panel off the wall. It crashed to the floor with a tremendous smash of noise. Inside the wall were circuits and connections that helped to keep the hub running. They were all small, round computer nodules that gave iSpy control over the area. Frying it would keep the door closed. The last powered down their weapon and stabbed the nodule anyway. The door to the secure cabin slid open. Well, that's strange, Kolzak said. Are we safe? I seriously doubt that, Kavalti replied. No, look, there's no all-clear signal in the room's data screen. The door's just malfunctioned. Murakai literally wilted in the corner. Her leaves were shiny from the overproduction of toxins. That's not good. Brewer stood up from his seat in the cabin and stuck his head out the door. Ah, uh, crap. Every door's open. That's a pretty big malfunction. Kalvaji froze, as the species tended to when they were scared. Murakai reached the four-leaf and comforted her, then thought better of it. Inoculation or no, the amount of toxins in her leaves would probably not help Kalvaji feel better. How are things outside, Kolzak asked Brewer, who was still looking around. The lab seems quiet, so I guess the bastards are not near us which is good. He pulled out his head back and turned to Kovati. Hey, Doc, try getting I Spy's attention. You know, the AI, they might know what's going on. Kovati unfroze with some difficulty and hit the emergency call button on the data screen with one stiff finger. Error. She tapped the button again. Error. Computer X, explain this, she said in a halting voice. I of the giant diagnostics, please. A long data readout appeared on the screen. Oh no, Kalvachi said faintly. I of the giant is down. The tertiary backups are still intact, but they can take hours to boot from, and it looks like the main circuitry is physically damaged. It isn't responding at all. Walker stood up, Brewer grip on the doorway tightened. The air went deadly cold. Kalvachi froze again, both the humans present had dark looks in their eyes. Their fists were clenched, as were their teeth. Brewer's top lip pulled back in an obvious snarl, showing his sharp canines. They fried ice by. Walker asked in a deceptively calm voice. Before anybody could say anything, Brewer was bolting out of the skier cabin, heading towards the sounder, screaming, Aye, aye, respond, respond. Lang Lang Diddy watched the scene outside of the security door unfold with some horror. The last's weapons had caused a huge energy surge through the AI system, taking out its top two systems and leaving only the tertiary backup still on station. This had left the station vulnerable to an attack by a rather unexpected assailant, a simple computer virus. It had first all the doors open, if the airlocks hadn't been on a separate system altogether, they would presently all be dying horribly. Not that this was much of a blessing. 
The hub guards were successfully sneaked to attack the last from behind, firing bolt after bolt of plasma and iron into their suit. The resulting roar from the creature had shook Lang Lang Diddy to the core. Even more terrifyingly, the last apparently hadn't cared about the hit. Did they not feel pain? Even a Burma would have stumbled in the assault like that had struck the shell. To Lang Lang Diddy's surprise, the last had dropped the plasma shooter and decided to swap for the more primitive weapon, claws. The claws that sliced through the tops of the suit's hands were long, sharp, and vicious. They clenched their fists and left at the guards. Their aim was perfect, shredding the weakest part of the armor and dealing invulnerably fatal blows. More shots pummeled them, but they did not care. Lang Lang Diddy sat back in his chair, cold and horrified. Sir... The voice was that of the doozy sentry. The doozy didn't really have a military mindset, but they could be pretty good in a monitoring screens. Yes, it's a secure cabin to the central biological labs. One of the humans, Dr. Brewer, has just left it, and he's moving pretty fast. Oh, for the love of all the Vody mother gods. Why? No clue, sir, but I think he's heading for the last. The sentry's eyes the screens carefully. Actually, hang on, sir, it seems he have uh, stopped. He's, um, gathering something? What is he? Wait, is that a... Sir, I think the humans are doing something suicidal again. End of story.